Amen. Good afternoon, New Movement. Why don't you give somebody a high five on the way down? Tell them I'm really glad you came to church today. Tell them I almost thought you weren't going to make it, but you came. Well, good afternoon. I'm so glad that we have a full house, and what I mean by that is I feel like it's full of praise. I feel like it's full of joy. I feel like it's full of gratitude. I feel like it's full of generosity. I feel like we just came in full, and maybe you feel like you came in with with problems or anxieties and maybe some things in your life that you're not sure about, but you pressed through and you got in the car or you got wherever you have, wherever you got here and you pressed it through. So I'm going to make it today. And I'm really glad that you made it today. Uh, in fact, what we're going to talk about today, I, I've been kind of holding and I shared it with my team a little bit earlier. It's, it's, it's got a bit of a spiritual, um, it's, it's a bit of a spiritual sensitive thing. And when we start talking about prayer and we start talking about what the Bible says, how we pray and what we're praying for. Because Bible would say, as we'll look today, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? We, we wrestle in spiritual ways and we pray for spiritual things. And there's a lot going around us that is spiritual in nature. And so we're going to talk about that today. But I just need to do a few little housekeeping things before we start is we uh, keep the music just playing a little bit because it sounds better when the music is playing. It, if you want to sound good, just have somebody hire somebody to play music behind you. Even if, especially if you got to break up with somebody, don't just do it over music. You got to give them a song to hold on to, to be broken to later. No, I'm just. Every time I hear that song, I got to be broken. It's not me, it's you. Don't play Justin Bieber around me anymore. Well, a few, a few things to take care of. Uh, first, I just want to mention, I know that uh, as in Washington State, uh, all of a sudden we are at such extreme high risk for this COVID-19. Uh, I don't know if it's a pandemic, epidemic. I don't know what it is yet, uh, but it is it's present. It's real. And I just wanted to let the church know that we do have, uh, we did receive something from the headquarters of the conference that gave us a plan to respond to a serious outbreak or situation here in church. And so we do have a plan in place. We have several nurses and medical people here. So uh, we will definitely be making the decisions and following protocol uh, according to what we are instructed with in terms of if we will have a public gathering or all those kind of things. I know we're kind of a huggy Philly church, so I know the fist bump and the elbow room and the three feet is a little hard but if you don't get a personal greeting or a hug by someone it's not because we don't love you generally we really do uh everyone will do everything except kiss you dead in the mouth although there's some people that might try it but they're not members of this church so i had to check the <laughs> record on that no but uh, <laughs> so if you don't get as warm greeting don't take it as personal uh we want to just be aware and mindful of of respecting that and we do hope that as you are paying attention to what is recommended that you would also pay attention to recommendations in the scripture for being in the healthiest state you can be in amen and and we're not we're not going to do a health lecture today but we are going to tell you to drink some water and refrain from some extra sugary foods and excessive meat and do whatever you can to keep milk and Whatever personally you know, you should refrain from to keep that in. Uh, keep yourselves healthy because we need you and the Lord needs you. 
I want to mention real quick, we did have a bit of a, I don't know what it was. It was like a crazy uh, power glitch thing with our sound system right after we did sound check and recording. So I'm noticing it's kind of coming in and out a little bit. So hopefully uh, if, if the tech team can't resolve it, I might have to go old school and yell. And that means the sermon will be very short. I'm not going to yell that long. So just so you know, we do have that in place. Also, I just want to mention that our normally, we, well, I should celebrate, as was celebrated earlier, uh, Pastor Megan, that, um, that we have a baptism this coming uh, month. Now, normally, amen. Go ahead. You're right. Um, and normally, we do have that on the second week of the month. This particular month, though, we'll have it on the third week of the month. So our baptism will move from next week to the 21st. So I know a few of you who are planning to be baptized, that to just make that note. And if you are planning to be baptized, you would like to be baptized, please sign up. There's a very easy form on the website or app to let us know so we can get you prepared for that. And then one more, uh, one more, well, two more things I want to just highlight. So at the end of the month, we are having our youth classic, which is a basketball tournament for co-ed, co-ed for elementary kids, middle school kids, high school kids. And to kind of prepare for that, we've got a number of open gyms. So tonight we have rented out the city hall, uh, Pasco city hall gym or city of Pasco gym from six to nine. So if you want to come out there and play, come on out there and play. Uh, make sure you sign a waiver before you get there. Uh, we're not responsible for any Achilles or sprained ankles. And uh, I know the, the head elder is trying to put me on load management. He doesn't want me to play. Uh, but uh, we're going to be out there and have a little fun. So get out there and sweat a little bit. We'll have some music. And then the next one will be the same week as the baptism. We'll have another open gym so you can come out there and play. And then we'll have uh, our tournament the next week. And then as, uh, as Megan mentioned earlier, just letting you know about our 10K match. So it's very easy now on our giving app, on the app or on the website. If you click there, you'll see a drop down menu, which if you want to get specifically to the 10K match, you can do that. There's also will be some envelopes. They're underneath, I think, one of the seats in your row. And it'll during our uh, offering time, you'll be able to see that. So as she mentioned, a uh, special donor said, we'll give 10 and we raise 10 and we have 20,000 to uh, do those projects that I mentioned that I launched out to you. Uh, the, the mobile truck's already on the way. They're working on that thing. So that thing's getting ready. Excited about that. And uh, as you can see, some of those numbers are changing, and I can't wait to use some updates as they go. But as soon as we're able to get that 10K up to 10K, uh, we will have all of the projects that we planned for this year paid for. They'll all be done. We'll be done. Y'all act like if you got some projects at home that you would like God to. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm not trying to make you clap. I'm just trying to make sure you understand. Like, it's really amazing that the Lord would move the way he's moving. And we're just going to flow in it and keep going. So let's pray as we get ready for our message. Lord, thank you so much for the things that we've just celebrated all day. I know it seems like we've had a lot to talk about and a lot to catch up on. It just means that you're doing so much. And today, as we have the opportunity to be in this space and know that our our Hope City heroes are in the other space. We thank you for this preaching time. And I pray that you would allow our hearts to be receptive and open and our minds to be unlocked, that we can hear and reason with you 
And Lord, maybe there's some things today that need to be torn down, some ideas, some precepts. Maybe there's some things that need to be built up. And I pray that you will do both of those and all even more and do all that you want to do in this time today. We receive the word. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. And amen. So we're going to be unpacking uh, for the next couple weeks our vision for the year for the one. And as it was mentioned, uh, our what Washington, I have to recap this every single week just so that it is fresh in your mind, fresh in your mouth, that what the for the one is about is loving people back to life. I can tell you I know what that feels like to be loved back to life. I've had some times in my life where I just felt like it was over. I just felt like there were no options for me. And there were people around me who loved me and they cared for me and they prayed for me and they labored for me. For me, I remember very difficult moments. There was a span of time when I had known my call to be a pastor, but I had walked away from it. About five years, I had walked away from being, from following God's call. And there were people in the church that I attended from time to time, because I didn't attend all the time, who would always get me involved, who would always ask me to participate, who saw my calling and they saw through my dysfunction and continued to pull me and draw me forward. And so I know what it feels like to be loved back to life. And there might be some of you in this room who may not even realize the injuries you sustain. You may not even be aware of the trauma that you suffered. You may not have even processed the dysfunction in your own heart that God would bring people around you to heal you and to bring you freedom and purpose. If I could wrap up one thing that I feel we want to bring as a church to each other and to this community is freedom. That's really what it is. Freedom emotionally, freedom uh, financially, all of it. A complete holistic feeling of freedom. Because I know that when we're, as the desperate times that we're in, there is a nomenclature or there is a common speech that sounds like a cop-out when people say, well, Jesus is coming soon. What does that mean? I need Jesus to come right now. Like, I don't, I don't need the hereafter and the by and by and the second coming of Jesus to be a reason or a scapegoat for my suffering right now. Because God sent the church to do the work of Christ, to heal, to deliver, to set free, to teach, right, to empower people so that their relationship with God doesn't start when they get there. It starts now. And depending on the God that you believe exists or the God that you framed, you may not ever accept the grace that he has for you because you're fighting a God that doesn't exist. And so our work is not done. Our work is still to to relieve the poor, to look after the widow, to go for those who can't do for themselves. It's still our goal. And so we want to love people back to life. And I love this quote that we've been quoting that says, you may not be able to change the whole world, but you can change the world for one person. You can change the world from one person, maybe one person in your household. Somebody makes the decision, say, you know what? We're going to live differently in this house. We're going to talk differently. We're not going to put ourselves down. Some of you, the world you need to change is your world because nobody else can get in but you. 
And before you collide with someone else's world in a relationship, you got to be in charge of you. Because self-control is really self-leadership. And nobody wants to be handed a world that's out of control while trying to maintain their own. And so these four commitments that we've been making to pray for the one, to serve for the one, to give for the one, and to look for the one. That unpacks our vision for this year. And we're going to talk about these periodically. But today, we're going to focus in on praying for the one. Now, before we go in, I really want to tell you that I have one point today. I've got one main point, one main focus. And really what I want to do is introduce to you or offer to you an option of a prayer that you can pray, a specific prayer to pray. So I know sometimes you're like, well, pray about it. And you're like, I don't really know what to say. I don't really know how to pray. I really don't know what to do. I don't have a church background. I, do, I, do I pray seven times? Do I pour ashes on my head? Like, I have no idea what to do. I don't sound good when I pray. I don't have deep, a deep voice or really, you know, brilliant language. You know, our father, which, you know, I don't, I don't talk like that. I don't have old English language. Old English? Yeah, old English. I was thinking of old E. That's why y'all got to pray for me. So y'all don't even know what that is. Okay. Old English. That's what my mind went to. Praying for the one. Y'all need to say, put pray for the pastor. Put that up on the screen. That's the one we need to be praying for. Pastor is losing it. But I want to give you a specific prayer to pray. And I want to show you where it comes from. In the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings is an Old Testament book. It is, has full, it's full of, of miracles. And there was a man who was a prophet. A prophet was kind of like a pastor. But he was kind of like a worker for God. And in those days, people didn't have as much direct contact with God. Uh, They were a little bit, there was a few steps that needed to be done. And God would call prophets together and call them to do a specific work. Now, this specific prophet, he's one of my favorites. This is Elisha. Two prophets have similar names, Elisha and Elijah. But this is Elisha. And here, listen to this. 2 Kings Chapter 6, verse 8. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, Israel was the prophet Elisha's nation, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. Right? Any king, army, any army, any king has a strategy in war, and that's what they would do. But look at verse 9. But immediately, Elisha the man of God would warn the king of Israel. Do not go near that place, for the Armenians are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. Then the king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, which one of you is a traitor? Right? We got a mole in the camp. Somebody's leaking information. Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? One of you guys are ratting on us. Some of you got a wire. What's going on? Something's wrong. It's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, 
the prophet in Israel tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Elias has got a spy cam in your room. Elijah knows everything. He's got a plug. He, he seems to know everything you're saying, even in the bedroom. Lord, have mercy. Go find where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back. Elijah is in Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram set, sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. He says, hey, yo, Holmes. <laughs> He's on the east side. <laughs> so he sends, the, he sends the boys over there. They don't just surround the house. They surround a city. Great chariots, warriors surrounding Elisha. So when the servant of the man of God got up early in the morning, he, next morning he went outside. There were the troops, horses and chariots everywhere. Now he went out there to go to run, do a Starbucks run or go to roasters, you know. He's going to eat the firewood. And he looks out and he sees that they're all surrounded everywhere by the troops. It may look like I'm surrounded. But I'm surrounded by you. They're all surrounding him everywhere. He looks out. There's troops over there. I don't see a way out. So Elijah, or the, the servant's pretty smart. He comes back inside. He says, oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. Don't be afraid. Elijah told him. For there are more on our side than on theirs. Now, wait a minute, Elijah. You, did you... I know you haven't woken up yet. I know you haven't taken your medication. I know you didn't put your glasses on yet, your context. But I don't think you really heard what I just said. I said there are, there are troops all around us, right? Like, did you not read the news last night? Like it said that COVID-19 is all around us. Did you not see that the stock market crashed? Did you not see that this political party is winning or this political party is losing? Did you not see the threats of the violence? And did you not know that I'm about to get fired at my job? Like, it's pretty clear. It's right here. And he said, no, don't worry about it. There's more with us. There's more with us. Then Elisha prayed. Here's the prayer. Oh, Lord, open his eyes. Let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. See, there's some things you can't see until the Lord opens your eyes. That's what we're going to preach about today. There's some things you just can't see until God opens your eyes. Elijah could see it. The servant couldn't see it. Elijah's prayer is open his eyes. Okay, here's what it says. He opened his eyes. He looked up. And he saw the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Now, let me just start here because here's the reality. Y'all like, look, 
I know, I know what some of you are thinking because I would think the same thing. I'm not Elisha. That's, that's brilliant. Like, I love that. That's one of those Old Testament Bible prophet, Holy Ghost filled person kind of testimonies that Elijah's this special person and he knows he's got this work. And so God is protecting him. You don't understand. Like, I'm not Elisha. Like, I'm not Elijah. Like, I'm, I'm probably guilty of some stuff. I probably caused a lot of this war myself. Pastor, I've got trouble around me. I've got issues around me. Can I just ease you and comfort you and, say to, and speak to the fact that that may be true? In fact, it is often true that we draw a lot of the problems on ourselves. Here's one, of the, here's one of the phrases that you might have heard that I have some theological challenges and issues with. It goes like this. God will not put more on you than you can bear. God will not put more on you than you can bear. Here's what the Bible really says. The Bible says God will not allow you to be tempted more than you can bear. That is in 2 Corinthians. You can Google that. He says, I won't put more temptation on you, but it doesn't mean you won't have more on you. That's not temptation. Because if you have, if you have what you can handle, then you don't need God. And sometimes we have more than we can handle. I hate to be narcissistic. Is that the right word? I don't remember. Is narcissistic, no, that's, wait, what's the one that you're always thinking the wrong, what's that one? That's not narcissistic. Pessimistic? Is that the right one? Okay. I hate to be pessimistic. But can I be honest with you? I feel like that all the time. Do I have anybody who can testify to that? Like, I feel like it's more than I can bear all the time. Here's the truth about the text. It was more than Elisha could bear. It didn't say that Elijah had an Uzi or a nuclear weapon or it, it said that Elijah was completely surrounded. There was nothing in Elijah's hand to prevent him from the onslaught of the enemy. Here was Elijah's advantage. His eyes were open. Okay. So you might have a lot around you and your load might be heavy but it's possible that your eyes aren't open. Because if your eyes were open, you'd see that there's more around you than there is against you. So it's not that you don't have too much that you can bear. It's just that you've got some support and some reinforcements. And when you open your eyes when the Lord begins to open them, you see that God was there in ways that you didn't think that he was there. So here's the prayer. Here's the prayer. Elijah's prayer is, open my servant's eyes. That's the prayer I want you to try this week. Just one point. This is the prayer I want you to try. Open my servant's eyes. Now you might have to reinterpret that for yourself. But the prayer is, Lord, open my eyes. Now, this is pretty deep theologically, because when you read through the narrative of Scripture, you find even in the, in the beginning of the garden, in the Garden of Eden, 
there was a problem. See, the Lord understood and he knew that there was a, you know, there was a tree in there, all the trees they could eat from, but there was one particular tree and there was that particular tree. He was very specific about, hey, I don't want you to eat that tree because what does he say about it? The moment they eat of that tree of good and the knowledge of good and evil, their eyes will be open. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What it means is they will no longer be innocent because innocence is connected to what you see. If you do not know there is a boogeyman, you are not afraid of a boogeyman. If you do not know that you can fall off this ledge, you aren't afraid of falling off the ledge. If you do not know that you can't put this in your mouth, you will eat it because you don't know that it's not good for you. And what God was concerned was the, the knowledge of tree, the, the knowledge of good and evil is not just in the fruit, but it is in the act of making the decision to open my eyes prematurely. And without understanding, because God knew what evil and what good in the fullness of its entirety. He knew what it was. And what happened was Adam and Eve and the entire human race, our eyes have been opened. And we now know what is evil and what is good. And we live in that tension. And so our innocence gets taken more and more by what we see and what we are exposed to. We aren't afraid of a bad marriage until we've had a bad marriage. We're not afraid of certain things until we're aware of the reality of what we could lose. And so Elijah's prayer is very practical and it's very helpful. He's saying to his servant and he's asking God, open his eyes, not just to the trouble that surround us, but to the help that surround us. And so praying for the one is this. It's praying for the person that you know only sees the trouble, the person that only sees right now, the person that's stuck in the moment, the person that's only stuck in their feelings, they can't move past this relationship, they can't move past this opportunity, they can't move past this trauma, they're stuck. The prayer is to not just be focused on what they see, but to open their eyes so that God would show them what they can't see. Right? To see that God has been there. Because here's the lie. The enemy would love to tell you that you don't deserve God's help. Like, you know what? This situation is actually your fault. And this situation is actually something that you deserve. And in some cases, sorry, in most cases, it usually is. <laughs> let's, just, let's just be honest. Like, I feel like the devil gets blamed for so much stuff. He's like, look, I was not even there. I'll be totally honest with you. That was not me. I have nothing to do with that. Because there's a temptation to over-spiritualize certain things. Now, I want to take you to, in the New Testament, to, to kind of see what this open of the eyes looks like. Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Five. And let's look at this. Now, some of you are very familiar with this. You've seen it before. Some of you have never seen it before. I'm going to teach it like you've never seen it before. Here's what it says. Where are we at? In verse, verse 10. Here's a counsel or teaching from one of the church leaders and church planners in the New Testament church. He says a final word. Be strong in the Lord 
and in his mighty power. So let's break that down for for a second. There's a difference between being strong in your power and being strong in the Lord's power. Two different types of strength, right? Because you can be strong in the world's power and in your power, your intellect, your ability to reason, your resources, your connections, your influence, your clout, your gender, your age, your speech, like all of that can give you some power, right? But there's a different kind of power in the Lord's power. What kind of power is that? He tells us, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now, first of all, that does not sound like very good information. I'm just going to be honest with you. A little bit of that, when I read that sometimes... It kind of freaks me out. Okay, did y'all read that? We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers? What is that? Who is that? Right? Who are evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world? Like, that's a little, that's a little trippy. Yeah, that's why you can't do drugs, because that kind of stuff mess you up. Somebody tell you that at the wrong time. Hey, bro, there's some evil powers in the unseen world, man. Oh, snap. I'm not going to that church. No. (laughs) And it says, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Now, look, I want you just to to think about this because I'm I'm pretty sure we're on the same page, me and you, with this. Have you ever just and felt that there was more to something than what you saw right like you just know now I know for half the people in the room moms y'all have this can I get mothers to testify I don't know what it is about a mom she could be minding her own business my child is doing something stupid right now Brothers, can you testify? My child is somewhere they don't need to be right now. And, and, and you can tell as a man. Can you tell? Can I talk to the brothers here real quick? Can you just tell when somebody's like trying to kind of like size you up or they want to start something with you? Can I, can I talk to the men? We're not talking about the ladies, so I'm just giving you free. I know those are back-to-back stories. We're talking about other men. We'll just keep it there. You, there's something you can tell on, a, on an easy day that there's more to it than what you see. Right? Like when you, let's, let's make it real practical. I wrote this down to make sure this was super practical. Have you ever been on Facebook too long? Or Instagram too long? And you have this conversation with yourself? I need to get off of this. I've been, and you just keep scrolling. Do you ever get off of being on social media and just feel a certain way? Like, I never feel like, yes, 
I was on social media. I feel so good. I feel so good about myself. Everybody's doing so bad. That was, those were great clickbait articles. There was devastating news. That was a huge rant in that. I love reading that rant, you know, all those bad negative comments. I feel great. Nope, no, I never feel that way. There's, there's something in the unseen world that is happening. And the Bible says that we have to be strong in the Lord's armor because it is the strategies that the devil puts forward. Can I say it this way? The devil is strategic. He's not getting lucky. He's not happenstance. He's not waking up, oh, I guess we'll figure out what am I going to do today? Mm, let's see. I don't know. Let's, I was best with him. It's strategic. There's some stuff in your life that you are the third generation of this attack. You think you're struggling with addiction? I bet you two or three generations have been struggling with it. You think this is the first one and your family that's having trouble in your relationship? I guarantee there's somebody. It is a strategy. It is strategic. It is purposeful. It is intentional. And that's why as believers and people of God, we can't show up on accident. Because we will accidentally fight in wrong power. And the Bible says to fight in the Lord's power. And the Lord's army. And I didn't put this text up on the screen, but I'm going to continue to read. If you have it in, if you can find it on your phone real quick in Ephesians chapter 6. I'll keep reading this. It says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist resist the enemy in the time of evil. And he begins to list these metaphors for this armor that we need. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. Y'all heard this before? The body armor of righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery uh, arrows of the enemy. Put on salvation as a helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Here's the verse I didn't put up, but I should have put up. Ephesians uh, 5 or 6, 18. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert And be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. What's interesting is in this list, prayer is not a weapon. Prayer is a practice. It's a lifestyle. Paul says, hey, pray in the spirit. How often? At all times and on every occasion. So to not overwhelm you with what are we supposed to pray at all times And on every occasion, I'm giving you today a cheat code, a practice. Pray this prayer. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. And when you're praying for someone else, just pray, open their eyes. Because here's what I realized. That in the moment, there are times in the moment when we are feeling the onslaught of evil attack. Because it's real. The enemy is working strategically, but so is God. And if we're not careful, we will focus on everything the enemy's doing and become overwhelmed. And we become surrounded. But the good news is when you pray, God, open my eyes, you will see things 
that he sees and you will see where he is working for you and behind the scenes even if it's your fault. Even if you've caused the disaster, even if it's your problem, God promises to never leave us and never forsake us. Look back at verse 17. Here's what he prayed. Elijah said, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Lord. Open my eyes. Because I'm not fighting against an enemy of flesh and blood. It's very practical. There are people in your life that you love very much. And it seems like sometimes they are against you. You don't have to raise your hand. Just look dead at me. Don't let them know. And you feel like you're against me. You are fighting against me. And the temptation is to fight your own armor. Your temptation is to scramble and try to find a plan. But when you stop and say, God, open my eyes. Can I see this? If you don't see it already, you'll see that God's hand is not only around you, but it's around your whole situation. And when I think back in my own life, some of the most difficult moments and the moments I wanted to give up, when I really go back and think about it, I see that God was there. I see that he brought me people and he brought me things that I needed when I didn't know they were there. And then if I see it, if I walk into it knowing God is there, my prayer is open their eyes. Let them see. Because a lot of the things that we're fighting, we can't fight in our own armor We can't fight in our own flesh. We can't fight with our own wisdom. We've got to call on God and say, God, teach me how to fight. Teach me how to resist. Teach me how to stand. Teach me how to understand that this is a strategy against me. I always feel like this on a Friday night. I'll tell you what, I've told my leaders this. This is is really key for me. I know for me personally, when I'm most vulnerable and I can tell you what it is it's Saturday night for me after I've poured out my heart and experienced God and worship and served him I'm completely empty and that is the most vulnerable place of the week for me that I have to surround myself with other people and with God because I know that's when the strategy tries to show up on me when I'm alone because in my family It was the men in my family who had great success and great failure. And I'm constantly aware of the fact that I'm vulnerable to to great failure if I'm not paying attention and not putting around me spiritual strategies. Because if I fight in my own armor, I will fall. This ain't so bad. I, I know, I know it like a, I know it. It's like, oh, this ain't so bad. It's okay to listen to this. It's okay to watch this. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about Saturday night. It's okay. It's cool. The language, the scene, it's cool. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, it does bother me. Yeah, it is messing with me. And when I open my eyes and say, God, show me the bigger picture. You know what he shows me? He shows me everybody in this room. 
and he says you're not just surrounded by difficulties and temptations and problems and distractions you are surrounded by the people that love you and that are praying for you and that support you and that want to follow the vision and want to do what God wants us to do look there's some people in your life look can I they're crazy they're crazy I, I know it's uncomfortable left there something's not right something's not right and, and there's some people that you, we've attached ourselves to and God's like can I show you something you're spending way too much energy on this individual that I haven't even asked you to give energy to in the first place Here's, here's the good news. He's trying to say, you're not God. I can handle it. Let me handle it. Come on, give it to me. Let me open your eyes. Because I've been working on this longer than you have. And I have more resources and more support than you can give. Don't give up on them. Just give them up to me. And there's a freedom that comes knowing that you're, you may look like you're surrounded, but we're surrounded by him. I just wanted to encourage you this week to practice this prayer. Lord, open my eyes. I wanted to just haunt you in the middle of the night. Lord, open my eyes. My prayers. Lord, open their eyes for them to see your goodness. When you see the evil report, say, Lord, open my eyes to see that you are calling me to something greater. Open my eyes to see that what some see as tragedy, others, it's an opportunity for us to serve. Open my eyes to see that I'm not surrounded by just my enemy because the enemy in Elijah's day was frustrated because of what Elijah knew. And I just believe the people of God are walking in so much power in these end days that it's not our job to run and to hide and to disappear. But it's our job to show up and to be strong and to be confident in the mission and the purpose that God has given us with the confidence to say it may look like we're surrounded, but we're really surrounded by you. I don't know what you're going through in your life. I know our team and the people in this church over the last couple weeks, man, people have been going through some crazy stuff. I mean, I've heard, heard so many stories of so much tragedy, so much death. And sometimes I sit back and I say, Lord, I feel like the times we speak vision is like we're inviting greater attack. It's like the times we say we're going to do what's right. We're going to press forward. It's like greater waves of attack come against the people I love. And God had to remind me personally, son, there's more around you than what you see. The fact is, trouble is always going to be there. The fact is, trouble is not going away. The fact is, the enemy does not take a vacation. The fact is, the enemy is not like, well, guess I'm not going to bother them today. I'll give them a break. He's not merciful. He is 100% 100 full relentless attack but here's the good news so is God 
And we serve God who is greater than any enemy, any, tra- any strategy, or anything that will come against us. Because he says, just open your eyes and you'll see. I've been walking with you the whole time. Open your eyes and see. In your darkest moments, I was right there holding you, on, tapping you on the shoulder. In your worst moments, I was pulling you back. You have no idea for what could have happened to you. Sometimes my praise isn't what God has done. It's what God has not allowed to happen to me. You have no idea what danger you were in. And I was holding you back because I'm not done with you yet. And so our commitments are to pray for the one. Our commitment is to pray for the one. And our prayer is, Lord, would you open the eyes of the ones that we love that they might see a merciful, loving, forgiving God. And would you open my eyes to see that you have not left me, you have not forsaken me, and that even though I might be in my mess, I still have a second chance. You know how you know you have a second chance? Because you got air in your lungs. You're still breathing. You're not in the hospital anymore for some of you. You're free. You have an opportunity. And God is saying, open your eyes to see. You're only looking at right now. You're only looking at the next two months. You're only looking at the past five years. I'm looking at the next hundred years. I'm looking at the generations of legacy of righteousness that I'm raising up inside of you. I'm looking at the freedom and the healing that will come through your kids and through your extended family and those around you that they will never suffer with what you suffer with because you are standing in the gap saying, I am going to fight in the Lord's armor and we're going to beat this and bury this enemy until it doesn't come back ever again so here's your assignment got an assignment this week just play it in your head because Paul says pray on all occasions right pray on everything before you go into that difficult conversation say Lord open my eyes to see maybe there's something in there that I'm not seeing that's not my fight it's not a flesh and blood thing before you go into the good situation say open my eyes Lord Lord, help me to be grateful for who I have in my life help me to put this phone down this is real talk here help me to put this bury this phone in the ground and let me live the moment with them open my eyes to see that my child won't be this age forever. Open my eyes to see my parents are still here. Let me celebrate them. My spouse is still here by some sort of miracle. Somebody's laughing over there. I'm going to celebrate them. Father, I pray today that you would open the eyes of everyone in this room. We may feel surrounded. We may feel that the trouble we're facing is too much. And we're not leaving here shouting. We're not leaving here with a resolution. We're not, we're actually leaving here today with a little tension, a little unsolved feeling that 
that the pastor didn't wrap it all up and make it simple and, and just solve it for us. No, there's a tension, Lord, that there are some things we just are not seeing. And I don't know what we're going to do when we see it, but I pray that what you show us will teach us to have more trust and more confidence in you. I pray that you would raise our level of gratitude. I pray that you would lay, raise our level of thankfulness. I pray that you would lay our, raise our level of committedness, our level of diligence, our level of practice, Lord, that we might celebrate every moment you're in our lives, whether we see you or not. So I pray that today that we will try this and we'll practice this prayer. Lord, open our eyes to see where you are. Now, when the enemy comes against us, when bad news comes, when trouble comes, that we will be able to take a step back and say, it may look like I'm surrounded, but the good news is I'm surrounded by you. So, Father, open our eyes today. For some of us, we need to make a next step. For some of us, we need to do something different. We're trying to fight these strategies in our own power, our own strength, and we lose every single time. Thank you for being a God who picks us up where we fall, who cares about us, who holds us up. And, Lord, I pray that our eyes will be open to the good news, the love, the power that you have waiting for us. We just make that commitment to allow you to lead us. So, Lord, we pray these things today. And I pray that as we wrestle during the week this week, wherever we go, whatever we face, we'll be able to practice that prayer. Lord, open my eyes to see it. We'll begin to pray for the one. Lord, open their eyes to see you. That we might see the internal work that you're doing, not only for the salvation of mankind, but for the destruction of sin for the impartation of grace that will last for all eternity. And Lord, we celebrate the fact that we're not surrounded by the evil one for long. That one day soon you will bring this all to an end. And until that day, may we be found faithful. May we be found strong. And we may be found ready to meet you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, if you received that word today, for the Lord to open your eyes, let's give him praise. Amen.